What's up, friends? Before we hop into the show, got to tell you about a new partner alert that we have going on for the DNVR fam, Solace Meds. We've partnered with the premier dispensary for you in Colorado. They have four locations. They also have two locations in Oklahoma City. So for any Oklahoma City listeners, make sure to check them out as well. But there are four locations in Colorado. They have one in Fort Collins, one in Wheat Ridge, one off Broadway, and one just blocks away from the DNVR bar on East Colfax. And Solace's have some banging deals for you this month. And here are a few to look forward to today. Cinco de Mayo, buy three, get one free in the entire store, plus an additional 20% off using the code DNVR20 at checkout. Sorry, Cinco de Mayo is tomorrow, but get in on this offer today. Mother's Day, buy three, get one free for the entire store as well. And they have 20% off all glacial concentrates, 20% off mile high extractions, 1,000 milligram cart 20% off CBD gummies. They've got it all. So make sure to check them out over at solace meds. And remember all of these amazing deals you can take advantage of and get an additional 20% off your entire purchase. When you use the magical code DNVR 20 at checkout, so you can get deal on top of deal and make sure to head to solacemeds.com. That's S O L A C E meds.com. And you can also purchase from there. And of course, make sure to use that code DNVR. DNVR20 for 20% off your entire purchase. That's code DNVR20 at checkout for 20% off your entire purchase. And make sure to let us know when you go there. Tweet at us, tag us so we know. So check them out, solacemeds.com. All right, Mace, let's hop into the show. DNVR Broncos podcast on this terrific Tuesday. I'm your host, Zach Stevens, joined by my man, Andrew Mason. Before we hop into the show, got to tell you about our presenting sponsor, MSU Denver Online, because time and time again, the one thing that will protect you against economic downturn is an education allowing you to adapt into varying careers, and you can go build your toolbox over at MSU Denver, and you can have it both ways in uncertain times. You can continue to make money and work while you earn your degree, so you don't have to do one or the other over at MSU Denver. So make sure to check them out where they have over 750 classes and over 40 online and hybrid programs. So check them out, MSU Denver online. My boy, Mace, what's shaking, my friend? Happy 4th of May. May the 4th be with you, my friend. I was wondering if you were going to get to the, when you said happy 4th of May, I'm like thinking that's not quite how it goes, but yes, May the fourth, may the fourth be with you. It's a, it's Star Wars Day, and um, you know maybe the Broncos in a few weeks are going to have their own Jedi Master coming aboard. Mm, yes. What are we at? Twenty eight days, Mace. Is that the countdown? Yeah. Well, let's see. We got the, uh, we got the, 
we have the 28th. Today is the 4th, 4th through the 31st is, uh, is 28 days. And, uh, you know, it, it basically June 1 is what we talk about, but uh, kind of the reality is for actually executing anything, if it happened. And, term, and it's all because of the cap and when the contracts can be, when dead money hits can be spread over a couple of years, it is June 2nd. So I think that's actually technically... 29 days but um who's counting the point the point is we are we're, we're facing a very interesting right around four weeks here and uh maybe we'll know something by the end of the month but nothing can be executed of course until uh business gets going on june 2nd so we hang in there and of course y'all know who we're talking about and just brace yourselves we're gonna apologize in advance here until it's resolved, there's going to be a lot of Aaron Rodgers conversation. I mean, it's it's the topic for the Broncos right now, especially when you start hearing things like uh, and things are out there in the public sphere, like we're put out there today on ESPN. Yes, exactly. Diana Russini, she comes out and gives us an update. She says, according to her, the Broncos continue to be the team that she hears that are going to be the most interested in Aaron Rodgers and are going to put the most in front of the Green Bay Packers to try and make this trade go down. So the Broncos, Mace, we've been talking about how it really seems like they're front runners. But as I said yesterday, maybe it's just because we were so locked into Denver. But nope, Diana Russini, a national reporter, saying that as well. And what it is, is we get every indication, at least through, through rumblings to various reports, that Aaron Rodgers is very interested in being a Denver Bronco. Mm -hmm. And the other thing we know is that Aaron Rodgers, when he makes up his mind that he doesn't want something in his life, it's cut out. I mean, you know, you, you know, for example, that he hasn't even uh, spoken with his uh, with his parents in the last uh, several years. Now, some of that it, it does go both ways. But uh, Aaron Rodgers is a guy that when he in his mind moves on, he moves on. There's a good point. There's really not a, a going back. And uh, thus, it's not a question of whether teams are interested in Aaron Rodgers. The whole question is whether the Packers get to a point where they say we're going to trade him and stop playing hardball. And that's where something else that Diana Rossini said this morning when she was on ESPN's get up in the, in the context of that comment, I think is probably just as, it's probably just as important. And here it is. I've had some conversations with the organization as well. And the sentiment there and the feeling I get at this point is deflated. They are absolutely deflated at this point as we know they've been trying to fix this. They've been trying to mend it. But for them, they know this is up to a very strong, stubborn, smart quarterback named Aaron Rodgers who's going to do what Aaron Rodgers wants to do. He's going to do what Aaron Rodgers wants to do and the Packers are... De, quote deflated mm. now the reason why i think that's an in, that's an interesting word choice there is um when you kind of think of how of where you come to a point of accepting that aaron Rodgers isn't going to be back certain you know you go through what the, the kubler ross model the five stages of grief for for anything in which you're grieving and uh, it's not just about death it can be about losing something important in your life like losing your job for example or in football losing your franchise quarterback accepting that, that franchise quarterback doesn't want to play for you anymore and there's not a lot you can do to there's not anything you can do to change his mind 
So the four, the five stages, of course, are denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. You know, last week, Brian Gutekunst and to a le- the Packers GM and to a lesser degree, Mark Murphy, the team president, sound like they were in the denial anger stage. If what Diana Rossini of ESPN said is true, sounds like the Packers are in a in the depression stage, which would put them at step four, which is just one step away from step five acceptance and acceptance is when you will probably have a deal with Aaron Rodgers leaving Green Bay. Then the variable is where. And of course, if you believe everything in Vegas, our friends at DraftKings Sportsbook, for example, have the Broncos as overwhelming favorites to land Aaron Rodgers if he is made available. Yeah, plus two hundred compared to the rest of competition being only at plus six hundred, and oh, somehow Green- it went down. It it, it, oh. it moved last night. It, oh. It's plus. It went down to plus one seventy five. Uh, how about that? So that's that's basically it, it was two to one for most of yesterday. Last night, as uh, I know, Andre Simone pointed this out on Twitter. It went down to seven to four. Seven, how about that? And that is including the possible the odds of him being a, a, a still being a pack. Like that's saying, oh, that's basically it's where he takes his first snap this season. The Packers are still the are still the favorites, but uh, there's there's been movement, and you and you imagine there there may be more movement. We may be talking about this very quickly becoming even money odds that oh, Aaron yeah. Rodgers is a Denver Bronco. Oh, with without a doubt, and it just makes it almost seems too good to be true. Just how big of front runners the Broncos are, and so obviously the first hurdle that has to happen uh, is the Packers need to realize that this thing is over, and they may hold out all the way until June. Heck, they may say once June comes around, they may say we're not trading him now and hold out another month and, and wait closer to training camp and see if Aaron really isn't going to show up. Heck, Mace, they could wait through training camp. They, they don't have to trade him at that June 1 deadline for, for his contract. That's just when his contract makes it easier for him to move. They could hold on to him all season, and Aaron Rodgers could just not show up. This is something where it, we don't expect to see anything. We certainly don't expect to see anything official until June 2nd, but there's also a chance that this afternoon a trade could be agreed upon, although I don't expect that to happen, but a week leading up to the June 2nd deadline, there could be a trade in place. It just won't become official until June 2nd. So really the timeline here, what I'm saying is it is wide open. June 2nd is the biggest date that we have here, Mace, but it doesn't mean that a deal is going to happen before then, shortly after then. That, that, that's not something that, that may happen because the Packers may, may dig their heels in and say, we're not going to accept this grief. We are not going to accept it, and we are not going to trade him. And heck, maybe Aaron Rodgers caves and says, okay, bring me back. Or maybe they agree on a $45 million per year contract, and that makes Aaron happy. But let's say it doesn't get there, which no sign really points to it right now getting there. The Broncos are just in such a fantastic position in so many ways. Aaron Rodgers wants to come here, it seems like, according to every single person. The Broncos have the cap space to make it happen. They have all of the assets to make it happen. So, Mace, how do the Broncos just lock this in? How do the Broncos make sure that Green Bay doesn't just get into a bidding war and drive the price astronomically high? How do they make this happen? And really, what's the price that's too much to give up for him? Yeah, that's... 
that's a good question because the price is probably too much is is very high now i think there are some that would even say that some of the potential terms that have been floated out there are too high i would say that it's not like for and, and the potential terms that i'm referring to and I've heard these as well as something that are very much in play would be either three first round picks or two first round picks and a young player who basically replaces one of those first rounders. So it would, it would be a, a key player probably, or I should say almost certainly a first contract player uh, because the Packers would not want to take on any big contract. Let's put it this way. You're not offloading Juwan James to the green Bay Packers. Okay. <laughs> right. That's not, that's not, that's not happening. You're, you're not going to get rid of a contract that is an anvil on your cap situation here. And that, so Mace, that, that includes Von Miller. I mean, that's correct. not a sexy piece, right? Von Miller is not someone who would be in, who'd be in play. Now certainly the Packers, if in the negotiation they're they may make a demand that might hurt. I mean, if you start, mm-hmm. start talking about, first contract young players that are that could replace a first round pick in such a deal yet you're talking about jerry judy noah fan bradley chubb even pat sertan that they just drafted although don't although the bronco let me make this clear the broncos did not draft pat sertan for the packers i know a lot of people threw that out there thursday night and were speculating about it they did not draft Sertan for the Packers. They drafted Sertan because they loved him. They right. loved him. That right. it, this was not a this was not the kind of proxy pick that you see, uh, for example, in the NBA draft every year. Right. So, it, the, so if you're talking about a player in the deal, maybe Cortland Sutton is a name that comes up as well. But you're talking about first contract guys, contra- contracts that can easily be absorbed by a Packers team that. Uh, you know they'll they'll get some they'll get some cap relief for this year if they trade Aaron Rodgers after June one because then they can spread out the dead money hit from his signing bonus over multiple years and so they'll get some relief but the Packers are also not a team that likes to function with a lot of bad of, of bad contracts so and they are very conservative in terms of uh, what they what they dole out so there I don't think again I don't think they would take on a huge deal put it this way they wouldn't take on Justin Simmons for example so right. you're not you're not losing a big contract here if there were a player in lieu of a pick it would be somebody that frankly would be a young player that was a maybe one of your foundational guys and it might hurt one of the quarterbacks I would expect would be going back would be going back in the deal uh, presumably because they're grooming Jordan Love and seeing if he's ready, presumably Teddy Bridgewater uh, might be in the deal to basically fill the same role that he's kind of going to fill here if it's a Bridgewater lock uh, deal. And then the other thing that might get you might see tossed in there is a day two pick or two as well. That's the kind of framework that you may have to accept. And yet, does it sound like an, op- an awful lot? You betcha, it does. But if you're going to trade for somebody who probably gives you a five-year championship uh, contention window, this is the price you're going to have to pay. Yeah, it, you're 100% right, Mace. And I would go as far as to saying however many years you think Aaron Rodgers is going to play for your team at a high level, that's how many first-round picks you trade for him. Now, Mace, he says that he wants to play five or six years. We know you can't trade five or six years. You can, th- you can trade three first-round picks out. So, heck, 
I'm I'm willing to do that. I mean, he thinks he can play five or six more years and you can only trade three first round picks. Okay, three first round picks. One of those players, Cortland Sutton, Bradley Chubb, Jerry, Judy, Patrick Sertan, they can have them. And if they want a second round pick as well, okay, there you go. Because Mace, this team is built right now. They have the pieces to compete as a team for the next five years without any other first round picks. If they get a superstar quarterback, if they get a top five quarterback in the game right now, if they get him in the building, then they they don't need to add another first round wide receiver. They don't need to add uh, another first round playmaker on defense. Will the team get weaker because they don't have those first round picks? Yeah, they, they will. But how much will those first round picks actually help them during during Aaron Rodgers' time, you will be sacrificing some future of your team in order to win now. But in order to make these win now type moves and get a player that's already ready to go at the quarterback position, you have to make those moves. Now, the Broncos, uh, they, they didn't necessarily do that when they got Peyton Manning because they didn't have to trade for him. But you saw the fall off that happened after Peyton left. Would people still take that? I think people would absolutely still take Peyton Manning. But maybe maybe this is something the Broncos are willing to do. And heck, I think it's something they should be willing to do. And also, don't mess around, Mace. Let's say the Packers come to you in two weeks, a month, six weeks, and say, it's happened. We've accepted that we're moving on from him. Don't mess around. Don't say, okay, we'll give you two second round picks. And then they get horrified by that. And then they really open up the trade market and they really try to find other teams. Now, it's not just going to be them talking to the Broncos. Of course, they're going to try to get as much as they can. They're going to talk to other teams, but don't mess around. Close the deal as soon as you can make a very aggressive offer. Yep. Coffee's for closers. You got to earn your coffee on this one don't if you are down if you're if you're down the path uh don't back out because even though the broncos appear to be the 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 overwhelming favorites right now it doesn't preclude other teams from 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 stepping in and you know we know this the packers would prefer not to deal him within the nfc so that that's another reason why this is sort of kind of focused on the Broncos. You have the Broncos, of course, and the Raiders. And the Raiders are, are behind the Broncos. Broncos are 7-4, to four, according to DraftKings Sportsbook. The Raiders are 6-1. to one. Now, why, why are the Raiders uh, uh, maybe less in terms of the odds? Well, I think a lot of it comes down to the, the simple mathematics of taking on Aaron Rodgers' contract and where the Raiders' cap situation stands. Uh, the Raiders are about $5 million of cap space. The Broncos have $27 million of cap space. Now, there are always things you can do to manipulate and move around, but it's a lot easier for the Broncos to get from point A to B than it is for the Packers. And then at – or the Raiders, pardon me. And then after that, you've got NFC teams, the Saints, Carolina, and Washington. Saints 10-1, to Carolina 14-1, to Washington 14-1. to New Orleans is another team, Zach, that's got its own cap issues. It seems like we talk about the Saints and the salary cap year after year after year and then kicking the can uh, down the road. But all of those are, of course, within the NFC. And if if the Packers drop that and say, okay, we're just going to trade him to wherever we can get the best deal, then it actually becomes a scenario of Aaron Rodgers Say uh, Aaron Rodgers saying, well, do I only want to play in Denver 
or Las Vegas, or am I willing to play elsewhere? If because ultimately, if they act, even though there isn't a technical no trade clause in the contract, for all practical purposes, if uh, if the Packer the Packers aren't going to trade Aaron Rodgers to a team to which he wouldn't report because that team wouldn't uh, w- unless they're stupid wouldn't give up a lot. I mean, if you're right. if if you're Ron Rivera and Marty Herney in Washington, for example. You would not give up a ton to trade for somebody who said that he wasn't going to report to you. You wouldn't trade a, give up a lot for the rights to, the, to that player. Uh, ditto Carolina. Ditto New Orleans. Now, New Orleans, again, I think Sean Payton would really intrigue Aaron Rodgers, n- no doubt about it, if, if, if they got into it. But again, if the Packers say we're not trading him in the NFC – then it really does come down to, to the Broncos in Las Vegas. Miami's down there at 16 to one. Houston is at uh, 20 to one. New England and Pittsburgh also 20 to one if we get the rest of the AFC. But I think at that point, you're talking about possibilities that really aren't realistic for an Aaron Rodgers outcome. This really does come down to, uh, uh, to, to Denver and maybe Vegas. And most likely, this, is, this could be Denver or bust. Yeah, and that's why it just seems too good to be true, Mace. It does, because doesn't it, it? It really just seems like, okay, we, we have a countdown of 28, 29 days, when, and that's when Aaron Rodgers will be a Denver Bronco. But it's like, wait, 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 let's, let's take a step back. Okay, wait, he's not a Bronco. There, there's not a trade in place right now, but it just feels like we're that close right. to, to it happening. So, Mace, is there is there anything in your mind? Can you imagine a trade scenario where let's say the Raiders or San Francisco is offering something comparable that you say, okay, Broncos have to back out. Broncos cannot do this trade package. All right. Let's say you're Brian Gutekunst and somebody, I'm going to be Brian Gutekunst here. And I'm sitting here and somebody else has offered me three ones, three twos, and a, a, an excellent young starting player. Okay. I, I'll let's say, and it, this would be a hell of a way to introduce Aaron Rodgers to your team. Let's say the Raiders say, we're going to give you three ones, three twos and Darren Waller and Marcus mm-hmm. Mariota. And so they're giving, okay. Marcus. Okay. Mar- Mariota is kind of the throw in at this point, but he's your quarterback. If Jordan love doesn't launch. Right. Or, what about Derek Carr? Or, or even well, the thing with Derek, the, the the only issue with Derek Carr is you get into uh, you get into you get into to contract stuff because okay. of course Carr himself has his own big contract. A correspond if the Raiders traded for Aaron Rodgers, a corresponding trade would be um, would be Derek Carr, and, and uh, although I'll, it would it really wouldn't affect the Raiders that much because his contract is at the point Zach where it's easy for the Raiders to trade. And they and they would actually save over 19 million dollars with only 2.5 million of dead cap. The issue would be that the Packers would be would be taking on 19.625 million of of contract uh, for this year if they brought if they brought in Derek Carr. Now, I mean, you love kind of the the, the talent uh, in that deal. Uh, if if you're talking about Carr, uh, Darren Waller, whose whose cap number this year, by the way. Um, if traded would be a would be six it would be 6.37 million so it wouldn't really be it so 
you'd be talking about basically assuming $25 million of obligations. Yeah. If you, if you're the Packers. And so there would be some moves required in such a deal, but in terms of talent, you'd be talking about one, arguably the best uh, young tight end of the game. It's probably Darren Waller, George Kittle, you know, um, yep. TJ Hawkinson, a pro bowler, Darren Waller, clearly an elite talent. So an elite talent, if it's car, if you throw in car and, and, and you make that work salary wise, it's a quarterback that you'd feel like, Hey, if we surround him up with enough, we can have some yeah. success. So the, the, the Gutekunst calls George Payton and says, here's the deal, George. Las Vegas might be crazy, but they've offered me three ones, three twos, a viable starting quarterback in car and Darren Waller, who, who may walk in and literally be the best tight end that my organization has ever had. The best you, weapon that Aaron Rodgers never had. I mean, imagine, <laughs> imagine the irony of Green yeah. Bay trading Aaron Rodgers <laughs> and getting a stud tight end back. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that would just be hilarious. And that'd be a player that Aaron Rodgers wouldn't keep, be able to play with. Oh, but I mean, and, and that's yeah, another that's, thing that that's a way to, that that would be a way for the Raiders to start off on, on the wrong foot. But I'm just saying, like, right. is there a, is there a point that is theoretically too much? What would a similar deal look like for the Broncos? Three ones, three twos. And then. And then you'd have to say that the, the one of the quarterbacks, mm -hmm. either Bridgewater or Locke. But then they're not as good. Neither of them is as good as Derek Carr. Derek Carr right. is kind of, if you're ranking the quarterbacks one to 32, Derek Carr is somewhere uh, probably no lower than like 13 or 14, right? He's, right. he's above, he, he is probably slightly above average to very good. He, he's in that tier where a little, a little bit of coaching up, a little bit of improvement, and he's, pushing to the territory that Matt Ryan was in back when he was MVP. Right. So yeah, in he, other words, he's, he's a true tier quarter to true tier two quarterback. Absolutely. He is. That That's a great way of putting it because in tier two, you can see tier one with some yeah. coaching up and the right situation. It, you're not going to be tier one forever, but you can see a tier one type season happening from Derek Carr if things go right. And so, you're George Payton and the Packers have made this ridiculous offer. How, how do you counter it with three ones, three twos, one of your quarterbacks. And then maybe you're talking about instead of just one player in Darren Waller, maybe you're talking about two, maybe you're talking, maybe it's, maybe it's Noah Fant and Bradley Chubb. Yeah. So think about that for a moment, that yep. deal, three ones, three twos, Chubb, Fant and Bridgewater. Is that too much? No, <laughs> no, it's not. But Mace, I mean, that that is the point of where yes. I think people inside the building would get very nervous. And and I, I would understand that. And people at the people would be saying, holy cow, the Broncos gave up that much, you know, two first round picks in terms of players uh, two, three first round picks, three second round picks and a quarterback that can start potentially. Yeah, that is a ton. But Mace, this is this is the literally the only disadvantage that I can think of with the Broncos acquiring or trying to acquire Aaron Rodgers is 
if the Packers don't actually have confidence in Jordan Love and they want a quarterback back in return. The Broncos quarterbacks are not sexy. Teddy Bridgewater, it could be a great a great situation for Jordan Love if they believe in Jordan Love. Then Teddy Bridgewater is a great piece. Drew Locke, they did like him two years ago coming out of the draft, but then they went and got their young quarterback in Jordan Love. So yeah, that that's not a selling piece. That could be a nice throw-in piece for them, but to compete with Jordan Love, but not a selling piece. But let's say the the pack the Packers say. We don't really believe in Jordan Love, and that's why we really don't want to lose Aaron Rodgers, but we're losing Aaron Rodgers. We want either a veteran that can help us win right away, a.k.a. Derek Carr. He may be like the the number one on that sort of list. Or you have teams with young quarterbacks say, we'll offer you a young, promising quarterback. And I'm thinking of the San Francisco 49ers. I don't think after they drafted Trey Lance that they would be completely out of this. And if Trey Lance is available, and again, if the Packers don't believe in Jordan Love, that is a piece where I don't know how the Broncos compete with that. And that's why we're talking about a package like this. Three firsts, three seconds, two generational players. And I don't really know how you can sweeten the deal even more than that. Of course, you can throw in Drew Locke or Teddy Bridgewater if they want, but That's just the only disadvantage I can think of, of the Broncos truly not landing Aaron Rodgers if the Packers decide that they're going to to go a different way is if they say we have to have either a young, promising stud quarterback or a veteran that can win right now. Otherwise, it just seems so obvious, Mace. Yeah, I mean, I was thinking to myself last night, would a deal that the Broncos put together be more attractive if they take Justin Fields and could throw Justin Fields in there? Yeah. But they do really like Jordan Love, even though Jordan Love is so completely unproven at this point because last year with the pandemic, we didn't even get preseason snaps. The pack had a good idea back in the 2000s what they had in Aaron Rodgers because they had three years of preseason data to go on. And 05 to 06 to 07, kept, he went on a pretty nice improvement over that time and was going against some first teams because basically it got to a point where Brett Favre wasn't doing all that much in the preseason. They were giving the bulk of the work to Rodgers. So even though he had not played in the regular season to that point, they had a good idea. Just kind of like after one preseason, the Chiefs had a good idea that they had something special in Patrick Mahomes. Even though I know say, oh, it's only preseason. If they've got it, you know, and we're talking about two guys who clearly have it often you're going to see it right, right then and there. I mean, and, and you're going to, and you're going to know it in your guts. You're going to know it in your loins. You're going to feel it. And you're going to be confident uh, with that. Unless they saw something amazing from Jordan love on the practice field last year. And again, just talking about practice, they don't yet know if they have that with Jordan love. And that's why, and that's honestly one reason why you probably are. If you're the, if it's a Broncos Packers deal, talking about that trade, including the quarterback that you just picked up last week, because yeah. you're, you're going to want to be covered on that where the Packers uh, look, look elsewhere. I'm with you, by the way, Zach, on that three ones, three twos. And play. I, there's not, even though that completely just <laughs> that completely shreds your draft capital and mm-hmm. that would be painful for George Payton. Yeah. But what is more painful giving that up or watching as Aaron Rodgers goes to, 
the Las Vegas Raiders. Oh my God. And you, that's another more, reason to throw yes. another first round pick is because we're not talking about just missing out on Aaron Rodgers, Mace. We're talking about him going to your division. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would weep for Broncos country if Aaron Rodgers is a Raider. There would be no way to spin it <laughs> in a positive way. We'd be talking about the worst quarterback in your division that you would be playing. So outside of your own would be the rookie quarterback last year that just said rookie records. And uh, you could say that his ceiling is as high as anyone. And two Hall of Famers. Right. Exactly. Imagine, imagine that for a moment that you are, uh, that you're staring around the AFC West and seeing two Hall of Famers and a guy who had perhaps the best rookie season since Dan Marino 38 <laughs> years ago. I mean, you thought, and I thought the Bucks had it bad when they looked around the NFC South and saw a future Hall of Famer and Drew Brees and two guys who were of the MVPs and Matt Ryan and Cam Newton. And of course, the Bucks didn't make the playoffs at all in the 2010s, largely because of those guys and, and their own failed attempts to find somebody to go punch for punch with them. That I thought that was bad. The Broncos would probably be in a worse situation than that. Yep. Looking around and seeing those other quarterbacks. Unless Drew Locke was the answer. Made that level jump to a point where he could go punch for punch with those guys. You, you wouldn't. And, and again, the percent, you know, is it possible? Yes. Is it likely? No. The percentages are died based on other quarterbacks at the same point are decidedly against that. Yeah. So you're in that you're you're in a desperate situation. If and this is why I say, can George Payton afford not to make this deal? Because the division with with Rogers, Mahomes, and Herbert as the other quarterbacks is a scenario where if that happens the George Payton era won't be over, but it might be doomed even before the first snap. Seriously. I mean, you thought that the off season was going well now. Well, if the Broncos get Aaron Rodgers, the off season will be going incredibly well. I mean, no one could give George Payton anything but an A plus grade for the entire off season. It would be impossible if they get Aaron Rodgers. If they don't, then uh, yeah, Macy, he could be doomed from what four months in the four month first four months on the job looked good. And the rest of the six years, you know, the, the five years and eight months after looked pretty daunting, but the good news is the Broncos are the heavy favorites. They are the heavy favorites. And if you want to get in on the action, make sure to check out DraftKings Sportsbook, where, as Mace pointed out, the lines are fluid. They are ever-changing. Heck, we may wake up tomorrow, and the Broncos may be below 100. So make sure to get in on the action now. And I just love that there's always some NFL on DraftKings Sportsbook because that's what I know best. So I want to bet on what I know best. But they have everything as well, and including – They've got action on this weekend's fights, and they're giving you, over at DraftKings, they're giving you a shot to turn $1 into $55. All you have to do to celebrate this weekend's huge event is over at DraftKings Sportsbook, they're giving new users the opportunity to get on 55 to 1 odds on either main fighter to win this weekend's fight. So all you do is place $1. If the fighter of your choice wins, you cash $55. Plus, of course, you can bet on Aaron Rodgers, you can bet on NFL, you can bet on back. 
basketball and hockey. And of course, playoffs are right around the corner. And one thing I love about DraftKings Sportsbook isn't just that you can always get on it, get in on NFL action, but they have daily odds boosts that you can get in on. So make sure to head to the app store now, download the top rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code DNBR when you sign up. For a limited time, all new users can bet $1 to win $55 on this weekend's main event. That's right. DraftKings is giving it going all out for this weekend's event, giving you a chance to win $55 when placing just a $1 bet. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Also want to tell you about our friends over at Gabby Insurance because you deserve better when it comes to car and home insurance. Lots of members and staff at DMVR put their policy to test and turn to Gabby. And when they did, Gabby saved them hundreds of dollars, literally even over $1,000 as Eric Whedon, you know him as D-Line Go, uh, found out. He saved over 1300 bucks. You can do an awful lot with that 1300 bucks. Go on a vacation, you know, put it into savings, whatever. You know, Go spend a little extra at the DMVR bar, whatever you want. So let me tell you about Gabby Insurance. Of course, Gabby is spelled G-A-B-I. That literally stands for get a better insurance. And what that means is getting a better price for the same insurance coverage. Gabby is the one true comparison platform with real rates and gives you an apples-to-apples comparison of your current coverage with 40 of the top insurance providers, including big names such as Progressive, Nationwide, and Travelers. And you're going to get that all in one place. Here's what you do. Use your current insurance information to get started in just minutes you'll be able to see quotes for the exact same coverage you currently have and it's free to use it takes only minutes and guess what on average gabby customers save 961 dollars per year and there's no drawback here gabby isn't going to sell your info so you're not going to get spam you're not going to get robocalls you're not going to deal with any issues just because you put in your info and put your current insurance to the test. You might find out that you're already getting the best possible price for insurance. If that's the case, good for you. You know that you're paying the best possible price. But if you want to find out if there's a better insurance out there for the money you're paying and keep some of that money rather than put it into insurance, go check out Gabby and put your policy in the test. Get a better insurance with Gabby. It's free to, to check out. And there's no obligation. So go to Gabby.com slash DNBR. That's G-A-B-I.com slash DNBR and get started on getting a better insurance today. And make sure with that savings, come join our family. Support us. We would really appreciate it. And you're not, you don't just support us when you join our family. There are so many perks, including the OG perk, which is you get to read all of our exclusive content. Watch all of our exclusive videos over at thednvr.com. And I'm not just talking about Broncos where Mace and I had tons of draft articles last week straight from Dove Valley, but we're also talking about Nuggets who are making going to make a deep playoff run, if not win the whole thing. Avs who are also going to make a deep playoff run, if not win the whole thing. Rockies where... Well, you can read their content. Then you also have, of course, Nug or Rams and Colorado Exos and the Buffs. You can check out all of our coverage. You get that with your membership. And then also, when you sign up for an annual membership, we'll give you a free shirt 
and a free mask. So make sure to sign up to get those. And of course, at the DNVR bar, you get a big beer for the price of a small beer. And you get access to a members-only Discord. I have seen so many Broncos fans since the draft ended saying how toxic Twitter is and how much they don't like being on Twitter right now because people are just so negative about the team. Well, you don't find that toxicity over in the DNVR Discord lounge. You don't find that. So make sure once you join to join the Discord as well. And for the next couple hundred members, we have teamed up with Holistic Wellness and we're giving you a free recovery holistic stick from Holistic Wellness, which packs 10 milligrams of CBD. And this one is focused on recovery and What they're giving all of our listeners right now is they're giving 30% off to every single listener by using the code DNVR30 at checkout. All you have to do is go to holisticwellness.com, H-O-L-I-S-T-I-K wellness.com and use DNVR30 to get 30% off your checkout. So make sure to check them out. And when you become a member with us, make sure to hop into the comment section and say hello. And Mace, let's jump into that comment section now and say hello to our fine family. First one coming in from DT. Hey guys. So yet again, here is another, would you rather scenario? I love it. In an alternate universe, the Broncos select fields at nine and within his rookie contract five years, they managed to go to one super bowl and win, leaving the rest of his career unknown for the argument's sake, or they get Rogers for the next five years and manage to get to every super bowl, but they lose them all. Ah, little Jim Kelly, which would you, which one are you picking constant five years? constant success for five years or the unknown in the other four for fields. I think some people calling the space cowboy in the response had the best response. And that is you take the one win and you hope the next 15 years have more in them, even yep. though you'd be getting the Super Bowl more often with Aaron Rodgers. Ultimately that ring, that, that big ring does, you know, does heal a lot of wounds. I mean, it, it's better. It is, it is better when you step back and view the prism of history to have the one win than the four times losing. I, I mean, I don't know if I could imagine Broncos country and how it would feel if they lost, five, or in this case, it'd be five Super Bowls. And, yeah. And the Denver Broncos Super Bowl record was three and 10. Yeah. I, oh y- you can't do that. I mean, Mace, when people think back to 2013, you know, instead of like loving the regular season and the record-breaking offense, they just kind of want to glaze over it because of what happened in the Super Bowl. You'd be doing that for five straight years. And the uh, the first the first option of Justin Fields and you win one Super Bowl, that really reminds me of Russell Wilson. That's what he did in his first contract. Now, it wasn't a five-year deal, but it, it was shorter than that. But he won one Super Bowl. Russ is a fantastic quarterback. You would take him in a heartbeat. For, for any franchise, especially if you get him from the start of his career and the success he's had. So to me, it's easy. You go with Justin Fields in the one guaranteed Super Bowl. Yeah, now the thing is, at the end of those five years with Aaron Rodgers, if they won the, if they won the conference and lost Super Bowl every time, would he have been worth trading for? Yes. Yeah. Even, even if it's painful to lose those Super Bowls, yes, because – you're talking about five seasons where you were a contender, where you were excellent, that you were good enough to be in the Super Bowl every time. I know that the perception would be that, oh, it's you know kind of the biggest loser because you get to the Super Bowl and lose all five. But the truth is there would be a lot of very good football along the way. But yeah, 
it's not like there'd be totally bad football with Justin Fields if you had five years and one Super Bowl. You know what I'm, you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Oh, and then yeah. you don't know how the rest of it's going to go. So making it to the Super Bowl, Mace, and, and even losing is way better oh, yeah. than going five and 11, six and 10, like we've experienced the last four or five years. Absolutely. And, and I know there are longtime fans from uh, uh, the 80s that are listening to this. And uh, if you're a member, chime in and, and let us know hey, you know, what's worse? Is it the last four years? Or is it the late 1980s uh, where from 86 to 89, the Broncos went to three Super Bowls and lost them all and lost them all badly. And then the other season was, was eight and eight. But the other three years you were playing for playing for it all. You won the AFC. I mean, I think it's, to me, it's pretty obvious what I'd rather have. I'd rather have super losses because you can't ignore all the highs along the way, whereas the last four years have been unremitting series of lows. Yeah, I'm right there with you. At least you've had some highs in those other other times. Uh-huh. There hasn't been very many highs. Exactly. We talk about the fumble on the drive, right? Yep. <laughs> those were part yeah. of those three and three years out of four when you lost Super Bowls. Anyway, Count Locula, trying to be happy by accumulating possessions is like trying to satisfy hunger by taping sandwiches all over your body. George Carlin. <laughs> what in the world? Is that a real quote? That sounds like a George Carlin quote. Oh my gosh. That is, that is tremendous count. And I love how you brought uh, sandwiches into the equation. Yeah, that is. Oh my. Yeah. Sandwiches are good. <laughs> um, but, but I guess you have they, to eat them for them to be good. Exactly. I mean, they're, they don't really make the best of clothing. <laughs> that is so, amazing count <laughs> yeah Next i one. mean what what is the uh, i mean i wonder if the perception is that uh, aaron Rodgers is taping sandwiches all over your body <laughs> that's not a band-aid that's a delicious treat i don't know yeah. I don't anyway chat <laughs> firmer says thanks for the dope draft coverage boys stream you for two whole days according to twitter and broncos country justin fields is getting measured for his gold jacket as we speak lol just playing here's my hot take though drew Locke is screwed no matter the outcome this season the aaron Rodgers news and hope for justin fields has primed the fan base for high expectations even if he takes a massive leap and we win 10 games and then flame out in the playoffs he will still be compared to the only if we had Rodgers or fields we would have went to the Super Bowl scenarios. I, for one, will support whatever quarterback arrives next, Shat Permer. I agree with you. I think Drew's in a very, very, very tough situation. Let's say the Broncos don't get Aaron Rodgers. It's there's going to be so much disappointment and letdown over these past few months. And it's going to be hard for Drew to live up to expectations. However, I do think if Drew balls out, uh, is a top 15 quarterback, the team goes 10 and seven, I think people will get behind him. And you're probably right, though, that after they lose in the playoffs that people will say, well, that wouldn't have happened if they had Aaron Rodgers. You're right on that. But I do think 10 wins a playoff trip will get people behind Drew. Top 15 might get you more than 10 and seven. I mean, I think 10 and seven is the kind of season that might happen if he's around 20, 22, 23 as a quarterback. Uh, again, kind of where I talk about lower mid-tier, where you know, you're know you basically in Blake Bortles, uh, Tyrod Taylor t- territory from a th- few years ago. And then the key would be don't get fooled. Jacksonville got fooled, gave Bortles an extension. Buffalo didn't get fooled. They parted ways with Taylor. They drafted Josh Allen. 
and they moved on. One thing with uh, Drew Locke, though, we talked. I know we referenced the Michael Silver piece uh, in the last couple of in the last couple of days. What do you think of Michael Silver, who uh, described uh, what happened last Tuesday when uh, George Payton called uh, Scott Fitter, the Panthers GM, to make a deal for Bracewater? What do you think with that article, which was certainly uh, put together with a lot of conversations with, for example, John Elway and others, yes, <laughs> referring to Teddy Bridgewater as the, quote, presumptive starter, unquote. Mm, interesting, huh? Mm-hmm. And Mace, I think that's, well, I, I don't want to speak for you, but just from our conversations over the past couple of days, that's how I view it. I, I, I think he is a presumptive starter. I know Ryan thinks it's true, and I think you would give the edge to Teddy. Is that right? Yeah, because I feel like the interesting thing with Teddy is that he has already shown that he can function without having a great deal of snaps. Like in New Orleans, for example, he was pretty good when he came in for Drew Brees and he didn't need a lot of work to be ready. You are taking, you know, here's the thing with Drew Locke. We talked about the snaps that he lost last year, right? Yep. And you're bringing in Bridgewater. And I know it's kind of interesting to pivot back to Bridgewater and Locke when we've had all this Aaron Rodgers conversation, but we're basically having to kind of walk, we're kind of walking two paths right now at the same time. And so let's walk the Bridgewater Locke path for a moment here. The issue last year was Drew Locke supposedly not getting enough snaps. He lost OTAs, didn't have preseason, yada, yada, yada. And now you're bringing in somebody who's going to take half the first team snaps from him. Mm, right. How does that help Drew Locke develop in, in term? I mean, if you're basically, if you're basically putting him in the same situation where he's getting now, the difference is he would be getting some snaps because when we're talking about 50, 50, we're talking about say, okay, one day Drew gets first team reps. The next day, Teddy gets first team reps and Drew gets second team reps. So they're still getting a, a high overall number of reps. They're just not getting it with the number one offense. And so is this something where it might, uh, it, it might hurt him to begin with. And the other thing that's in play is that Bridgewater, he is somebody that George Payton was a part of drafting and he played for Pat Shermer in Minnesota. He, he, you know, didn't play much, of course, because of the injury. But Shermer's familiar with Teddy, familiar with his personality, familiar with his work ethic, and Teddy is familiar with the offense. I think Zach it sets up to where Bridgewater has a very good shot of winning that job. I, I would actually put him as the slight favorite in this competition. If it happens. Yeah, I I would too. And I just think it's something that Vic is going to want. He's going to want the steady Teddy and he's going to want the guy that's not going to, to he, that he's going to be able to trust and not turn the ball over. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to borrow a notion that I heard yesterday when I was driving around uh, and it was from um, DMAC on the radio and I can hear everybody kind of rolling their eyes a little bit over on one Oh four, three, the fan, but uh, his, you know, his speculation and, is that Vic's seat is hotter than people think. And that by bringing in Teddy Bridgewater, you're bringing in the guy that the coaches wanted and you're saying, okay, this is kind of, all right, we've given you the tools. We've given you the quarterback that you trust. And if you can't get it done uh, to a certain level, saying that maybe even nine and eight would not be enough for Vic to save his job, thus leaving the 
quarterback choice to a new coaching staff next year. What do you think of that? Yeah, I, I think that could be absolutely spot on. And also, George Payton is giving uh, Vic every every opportunity for success this year by bringing in kind of a veteran guy. Mace, a rookie quarterback would not have been easy for Vic Fangio. That that would have been great for everyone, but Vic Fangio and Pat Shermer, that would have made it really tough. So Vic getting Patrick Sertan is fantastic. He loves that pick because he doesn't have to worry about bringing a rookie quarterback along and going through his mistakes only to get fired because the rookie quarterback started putting it together the last five games of the season and the team went, you know, five and 12 then. No, so I I, I could absolutely see that being the case. And you know what? George Payton might as well do it. He likes Teddy Bridgewater, but also it only cost him a sixth and four and a half million. So to do that for your head coach, that that I think that was a, a good move and certainly one for the head coach. I mean, think about the fact uh, that Bridgewater costs 4.5 million and he could be a viable starter, mid-tier starter. And you had what, two and a half million dollars for Jeff Driscoll. Oh. <laughs> yep. That era is over. Gosh. Oh man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's what, tough. I mean, you might as well just set your money. They might as well have just set their money on fire rather than yeah. bring in Driscoll. I mean, <laughs> Oh. <laughs> I mean, when you, when you couldn't even stick as the Lions backup quarterback, I, you know, that's, a good point. That, that's the thing that kind of kills me in retrospect about Driscoll is that uh, nothing personal, but um, once again, you were taking somebody else's leftovers, at least with Aaron Rodgers. It's not that the Packers don't want him back. It's that he doesn't want to be a Packer. So right. it's not uh, the leftover kind of situation. They're not saying, oh, well, no, we don't want you to be our quarterback this year. It's him saying he doesn't want to be their quarterback. So right. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're getting pa- you're, you're getting past the, the the leftovers here, the hand me downs here. Uh, you're getting somebody who, by all accounts, seems to clearly want to be in Denver. Um, it's true. There's a there was a story that uh, I think it, that that someone told that I was told uh, by a friend who's been around that, who was around the team a long time about uh, Rod Bernstein running back, back in the 1990s. Of course, he signed a free agent contract with the Broncos the first year of the current free agency protocol. That was back in 1993. And uh, the thing that swayed Rod Bernstein, his girlfriend's family was from Fort Collins and that helped uh, uh, that, that helped make the deal. You know, if you're, if your significant other wants to be in a certain place and it's possible that helps too. Yeah. Yeah. Can't deny that. No, that certainly does help. Next one coming in from orange crush 77. My boys been riding with you guys since before the straw hole debate, but this is only my second time commenting. I never miss a podcast and I'm a subscriber for several near years. Now I live in Los Angeles and your podcast, YouTube and Facebook feed helps me stay connected. And I can't thank you enough. Pure gold. Well, thank you so much. Orange crush 77. We understand that a lot of you guys aren't going to be chiming in, but we do like to hear you chime in. Heck, even if it's once every couple of years, thanks so much much for rolling with us and saying hi he says despite hoping for fields at nine i love the satan pick and keeping the rogers hope alive here's my question that i haven't heard anyone mention yet could we have gotten the same or more from the bears trade and ended up with caleb farley and the extra draft picks which included a first next year thanks again you know what the and i I don't want this to turn into dumping on pat Sertan because I think I'm, I'm kind of with RK on this. Now that he's here, he's a Bronco, uh, get behind him. But 
if the Bears offered you the type of trade that they offered the Giants mm -hmm. two picks later, uh, I think you should have taken it because you get into kind of a dangerous spot when you're talking about a non-quarterback and you say, we have to have this one guy because sometimes you can get more. Now with Caleb Farley, yeah, there are reasons why he was picked later than Pat Sertan. He just had the back surgery, for example. So you're assuming more risk. Pat Sertan, I think, is clearly the safest yes. of, of the quarterback or the cornerback, pardon me, options at that point. But you get a future one next year. Think to the conversation that we're having about Aaron Rodgers and draft capital and what it might take. If I would have to argue that if you traded down to 20, and you had Caleb Farley, and you had next year's one plus another a, another couple of picks this year and next year, that you would be in better shape to make a deal than you are right now. Yeah, so you, you would you, be. You, objectively, I, I think that's you know for better or for worse that it, that is what it is. And and Sertan's a great player. Me personally, I actually think that uh, I think Caleb Farley has a higher ceiling, but there's a higher risk. With right. Pat Sertan, I think, and it's a slightly higher ceiling. I think Caleb Farley uh, actually had the highest ceiling of the of the top cornerbacks in this draft, but he also had more bust potential in part because of the injury concerns that don't exist with Pat Sertan. So with Sertan, a ceiling that maybe is just a slight kind of a half tick below Farley, but a much higher floor. Right. Yeah. And I completely agree with that evaluation. And Mace, if you could look at the, the ideal scenario for the Broncos, if they weren't going to trade a quarterback because they were trying to go after Aaron Rodgers, I think orange crush 77 just pointed yeah. it out because it, he would, he would still be on the board. Caleb Farley would be there at 20 for the Broncos unless the Titans were to have made a trade up, but he wasn't drafted until 22. So the Broncos could have got Caleb Farley and Mace, he would be coming into a perfect situation in Denver because he doesn't, they don't need him to start or play at a high level this year. He could really be a backup. If he truly needed to take a, a red shirt year, he could do that. And then he could step in next year when the Broncos let uh, either Kyle Fuller or Bryce Callahan or both of them go. And then you would have a very valuable pick from the bears. Mace, there's a chance that the bears are pretty bad this year and the Packers know that. So that could be a valuable trade asset. So orange, orange cross 77, I think you point out a really good point. It's just that would have involved a lot more risk doing it, but great point there. Next one from Ashley. She says, Hey guys, I was born and raised right outside of green Bay, Wisconsin. When this news came out, I smiled and looked at my boyfriend and said, Hey, you can still root for Rogers. At least I love it. I would absolutely love for this deal to happen. Imagine all the crap I could talk to people who have been talking crap to me for the past couple of years. I was expecting fields, but I'm super happy about the certain pick. I watched an interview with Peyton and he talked about how he worked on the dolphins with when Pat Sertan, his dad played for them and knew the family. So he already knew he is a great person off the field as well as on the field. He also said he made sure that no one called or zoomed him. So they knew, so no one knew they were interested in him. I can't wait to watch this defense play this year. We, they also drafted Quinn Minards, a center from Wisconsin. What do you think of him? Did you see the video of him, of watching him when he was taking trees down? Oh. Yes, we did see that Ashley. And thank you so much for chiming in and uh, man, that would be something for you personally, if the Broncos were able to steal green or Aaron Rodgers out of your hometown. 
Yeah, I know everyone's making a big deal about him felling trees. That's not the video I care about. The video of, of him I care about is the video of him at the Senior Bowl just mauling people left and right in one-on-one and play, and showing a lot of power and uh, showing a, probably a, a great uh, drive that starts with you know very strong lower body as well. He, To his credit, he did a great job being in shape for the Senior Bowl last January when – he didn't have a 2020 season because, of course, when she got past FBS, you didn't. You basically had FCS D2, D3 on ice because of COVID, and and it didn't seem to affect him. He actually reported to Mobile in the best shape he'd been in, which says a lot about his his work ethic and character. That uh, he he didn't get lazy in that timeout. That he just kept on working, kept on uh, getting himself in shape, and that 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 says a lot about what kind of player that you're getting in Quinn Miners. Yeah. And, and I know that, uh, that Mace, the yeah. scouts probably follow, follow your route in terms of looking at the senior yeah. tape, but I mean, seeing him knock down trees is just, you know, it, it, it's hilarious because you just don't see videos like that. But Mace, you also don't see D three players that haven't played football in a full year, get drafted in the third round. So it's just a very unique, fun story that, that I think a lot of people attach to. Yep. I, I, I get that. Yeah. It's just kind of, I know I'm being kind of, I'm being kind of a snob here, I guess. I <laughs> no, no. You bring anyway, up good points. Dan Burke. Hey, guys. First of all, thanks for the draft coverage these past few days. Just want to share a few thoughts I had. One, one of my favorite moments of the drafts when the Eagles war room was shown during the Milton Williams pick and the senior director of player personnel is visibly mad at Howie Roseman for not picking his guy. This was rumored to be Aaron Robinson, who the Giants trade up with the Broncos for. Yeah. yeah Philly is a tense <laughs> place right now. That that organization. Um uh, they're 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 going into the season with Jalen Hurts and Joe Flacco as the quarterbacks. Um, we know Joe Flacco isn't going to help out Jalen Hurts that much. No, he's not going to be willing uh, to. It's yeah. Um, th- there's a reason why you start. Yeah, I think mock drafts for next year are pretty useless, but there are a few of them that are out there. And there's a reason why those a lot of those mocks are, are looking at the Eagles and saying they're picking near the top of the draft and they're picking Spencer Rattler or Sam Howell yeah. quarterbacks. I mean, yeah. yeah, it's funny to say Sam Howell may want to start looking into um, real estate in, uh, in, in Philadelphia, somewhere on the main line, perhaps. <laughs> Number two, the, the Broncos signed Andre Mintz as a, an undrafted free agent. I really don't think there was much of a drop-off between him and his teammate, Deo Odangbo, who went in the second round by a tour to Achilles in January. They always say, follow the money, so this could be the undrafted free agent that makes noise this year. Yep, those signing bonuses, I mean, that, that tells you what they think. Now, that being said, it's what they think now. Doesn't mean it's what they think later. Chris Harris Jr. was a guy who I believe had a $2,500 signing bonus. Yeah. The Broncos and he got out there and he proved he was much more than that. So that matters, but it's not everything. Exactly. And yeah, he's guaranteed $85,000 this year. So he has a good shot to make the practice squad. Exactly. At least. Three, yep. Very good point. Three for Mr. B. Four, Dre makes sure that Caden Stearns might better suit corners in a similar way like Jarius Sneed went back from safety to the corner with the Chiefs. Looking at the athletic profiles, they're almost identical. Only difference is that Stearns didn't play corner in college, so there's more projection involved, but I can see it. I think, yeah, physically you look at that. Um, the, the one thing, though, I mean, you look at Stearns and uh, uh, not, not the greatest – not not the greatest tackler, which isn't going to serve you well both as a corner uh, as, or as a safety, but also 
looking at Stearns and sort of uh, what he can bring, 4-4 speed, 211 pounds, getting him downhill. I wonder if he's the kind of guy who eventually, if he sells in at safety, if you can coax him up, he can maybe do what David Bruton Jr. did. Now, David Bruton had, good, had excellent straight-line speed. He wasn't ever a starter for the Broncos, but there was one thing that he got to be able to do really well, and that was diagnose screen passes as they develop and then just sprint forward and, and blow them up. And I see some of that potential in Stearns if he learns to diagnose those plays properly, and that would suit him more to being a safety as part of a sub package than a corner. Yeah, yeah, I, uh, I think that's a great point from both of you guys. Number five, I'm glad the Broncos did the right thing and didn't end up offering Landon Rice a deal, even though he's one of the best blocking tight ends this year. Filled a significant need, but they didn't allow that to be clouded by off-field issues. If only teams like Dallas thought the same way, shake my head. Yeah, and of course, uh, speaking of tight end, uh, the deal that the Broncos made on Monday, the corresponding move with Jeff Driscoll was Eric Salbert, a former uh, a guy who's been out going into his fifth year as tight end. Of course, he was with... Atlanta early in his career, which means they played for Wade Harmon, the Broncos tight end coach, uh, down with the Falcons back in 2017, 2018. Uh, Kale, our friend Kale will like this because uh, Eric Sobert's a Drake man. Yep. Yep. He, he is yep. exactly a bulldog. <laughs> Love the comment there. Next one from pig tosser 66. He says, excellent draft coverage, fellas. Superb, magnificent, outstanding. Enter whatever other adjective that fits. Thank you so much, Big Tosser. We love you. He says, I wanted Fields. Boy, did I want Fields. But if they didn't love him, then they didn't love him. Sertan was a good pick and a great player. I don't think he was the right pick, but he was a good pick. Peyton clearly practices a philosophy of filling glaring holes in free agency and building your team's core talent in the draft. I like how he operates, and I think we have some talented players in the building. Last thing, got to talk current quarterbacks, of course. Ignoring Rogers' talk, this quarterback battle is going to be something my take is drew's floor is is 2022 or 2020 drew and his ceiling is matthew stafford teddy's floor is teddy bridgewater and his ceiling is teddy bridgewater couldn't have two more different quarterbacks did drew improve enough to beat steady teddy stay tuned i think you hit the nail on the head i think you know drew has a much lower floor and potentially a higher ceiling uh and teddy is just steady teddy steady teddy although you can argue that Teddy Bridgewater's uh, ceiling uh, was what he uh, came out and did with New Orleans when he started for Drew Brees back in 2019. Um, and let's just, if we just go by passer rating, that's uh, that's 99.1 that year's career passer rating is 89.5. Um, you, you compare that to, uh, to Matthew Stafford, for example, and a 99.1 passer rating, Zach, believe it or not, uh, that's a figure that, Matthew Stafford has only reached twice in his career back in 2017. And again, in 2019, when he played half the season and looked really good before he got hurt. So uh, what I'm saying is, is, uh, is this, if saying the ceiling is Matt Stafford, is that really all that different than uh, what Teddy Bridgewater did back in 2019 by one metric? No. 
Yeah, yeah, that's a good point, Mesa. That's a really good point. Next one from Casper. Fellas, it's been 86 days since the Super Bowl, and I can't believe, or and, and I can't be the only one who thinks it feels like much more. Wow, that is crazy. It does feel like much more, Casper. He says, Deshaun Watson trade dreamers, Von Miller's option, Melvin Gordon's legal problems, John Elway stepping down, and George Payton getting hired, free agency, the draft, Aaron Rodgers trade rumors. That's just off the top of my head, and it is spinning. Just think there's only 130 or so days until the 2021 season kicks off, which is plenty of time for more drama to come across Broncos country. There truly is no off season in the NFL. How say you? I think you hit the nail on the head. That's why Mason and I were able to talk Broncos all year long. Yeah, I mean, it's exhausting. Don't get me wrong, but uh, it feels like we're never pulling off the throttle. I think we were hoping to pull off the gas a little bit here, but uh, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know some of you have been saying, ah, oh, so much quarterback talk leading up to the draft. Well, you get another month of it, but, uh, I think this is, this is stuff that could, uh, get people very excited. Yeah, this is, uh, look, I would actually say this, the, uh, the three hours last Thursday, when it seemed like Aaron Rodgers might become a Bronco that night, the way everything was buzzing. I think that was the most exciting three hours that we have seen in the last four years of, of Broncos football. Oh man. Not a game. So depressing, but you're not, right. Not anything else that moment because the hope that was spiking right then and there, that Aaron Rodgers might be coming to Denver. It was just, it, it felt like the, everything that happened with Peyton Manning only kind of compressed a little bit. It was just, it, I think there was that gleam that that returned to Broncos country for that moment. And uh, it's a gleam that's going to be back in full tilt if Aaron Rodgers is a Bronco at the end of this. And uh, we'll see the next four weeks going to be very fascinating uh, and uh, maybe come to a very tasty end. And I say tasty because you know what else is tasty is some of that damn good beef from Hassel <laughs> Cattle Company. And it's so damn good that you now get that Blue collar wagyu with a DNVR bar. That's right. We couldn't resist putting this damn good beef in the bar. So come on down to the DNVR bar and build your own delicious Hassel Cattle Wagyu burger. Add all the toppings you want and enjoy the watch parties with the finest beef. But I would say this, that Hassel Cattle Company beef is so good, you're probably not going to want to put a lot of toppings and, and sauces on it. I would say you're probably going to stick to slice of cheese, lettuce, slice of tomato, raw onion, and maybe a drizzle of ketchup and your favorite kind of mustard. And I think you're going to have an amazing burger. Maybe you don't even have the ketchup and mustard. Maybe just go cheese, lettuce, tomato, onion, and that blue-collar Wagyu, that Hassel Cattle Company, a beef patty. Of course, Hassel Cattle Company is the best source for farm-to-table Wagyu beef in the country. It's a fourth-generation cattle farm out of Texas, and they ship all over the USA straight to your door. And they call their beef that blue-collar Wagyu. Why? because the best damn Wagyu that every man or woman can afford. Hassel Cattle Company offers Wagyu smoked sausage, New York strip, beef bacon, Franks with no fillers, and two jerky flavors, original and sweet and spicy. Their hamburger won Food Network's Northeast Burger Jam. Not only do we love their beef, the country loves their beef. They, they take their registered bulls and breed them with Angus cows, which yields that very high prime product grown with zero antibiotics and hormones. So head on over to HassleCattleCompany.com. H A S S E L L CattleCompany.com and use that magical promo code DMVR10 for 10% off 
That's DNVR 10 for 10% off. And if you get 200 bucks in your order, you get free shipping. So remember, DNVR 10 for 10% off and get to $200 and you're going to get free shipping on your order from Hassel Cattle Company. Of course, if you want to try before you buy the big order and you're in the Denver area, we'll go on over to the DNVR bar and have that Hassel Cattle Company burger with that blue collar Wagyu beef right there. So Hassel Cattle Company, that's H-A-S-S-E-L-L, cattlecompany.com for Wagyu beef straight to your door. DNVR 10 for 10% off your order. And if you have a $200 order, you get free shipping. Hit $200, stick some of that in your freezer, and you're going to be good to go with meat that you're going to love from Hassel Cattle Company. And speaking of those magical codes, we've got a new magical code for you guys because you've been letting us down lately. Our longest and most loyal partner today, Strava Craft Coffee, has not felt the love lately, so they have upped the ante. They have created a new code for every single one of you. If you've used a code with them in the past, this is a new one that you can use with them to get 25% off. They're giving you an opportunity to get 25% off your first purchase by using the code DNVR25. So head to Strava Craft Coffee right now and smash that code DNVR25. Not only does it get you 25% off, but it supports us by supporting them. And of course, Strava Craft Coffee is delicious CBD infused coffee. So not only do you get the delicious coffee uh, and you get the caffeine boost, but you also get all the benefits of CBD, which helps alleviate so many things going on with your body. And for some people, it gets rid of the coffee jitters. So you can have as many glasses of coffee as you want in a day. And of course, use that magical code DNVR25 at checkout to save 25% off. And let's say you just want to try one cup before going in and ordering with that code. Well, head down to the DNVR bar and you can get Strava Craft Coffee on tap where we have their cold brew on tap. So make sure to try it out there. Then use that magical code DNVR20 and then subscribe to Strava Craft Coffee and you'll save 20% off every single order you make after that with subscribing to them. And you can have the option to get the coffee delivered straight to your door every two, four, six, eight weeks, or just whenever you want it, it will show up at your door. So make sure to check them out. Our friends over at Strava Craft Coffee, get your hands on some delicious CBD coffee. And of course, get a 25% off with the magical code DNVR25. Also want to tell you about some new friends of DNVR and new partner, Solace Meds, a premier dispensary for y'all with smoking hot deals to offer. Of course, Solace Meds, has four convenient locations in Fort Collins, Wheat Ridge, off-Broadway in Denver, and one just blocks away from the DMVR bar over on East Colfax. Solace also has some great deals this month, month, including these. Cinco de Mayo, buy three, get one free for the entire store, plus an additional 20% off when you use that code DMVR20 at kickoff, or, or checkout, pardon me. Mother's Day, buy three, three, get one free for the entire store. Memorial Day, buy three, get one free for the entire store. 20% off all glacier concentrates, 20% off mile high extractions for a 1,000 milligram cart, 20% off, off gummies, two for $25 off koala and solace 10, 100 milligram bars, 15% off any three grams of connoisseur concentrates. Remember, all these amazing deals you can take advantage of and get the additional 20% off your entire purchase when you use that magical code DMBR20 at checkout. Solace Meds will make your cannabis shopping a delight. You can head on over to their website, view their menu, order online, and pick up at your convenience. Just head on over to solacemeds.com and purchase from there. And when you make your purchase, be sure to use that code DMBR20 and save 20% off 
your entire purchase. Of course, there's no better way to support DMVR than by supporting our partners. So get online and purchase or head on over to one of their locations to get the best customer service and 20% off your purchase. So remember that magical code DMVR20 for checkout and get 20% off your purchase every time. Check out Solace Meds. That's S-O-L-A-C-E meds.com. And remember the code DNVR20 for 20% off. All right, Mace, back into the comment section. Next one from VR, though. Imagine having Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers as your quarterbacks for the last 30 years and only winning two Super Bowls. No kidding, right? I mean, (laughs) golly. Yeah, that's something that Packer fans, are, are, I think, have a lot of trouble with is the fact that you had Hall of Fame quarterbacks for – now basically 29 seasons and relatively low return with uh, uh, two Super Bowls. You you expect more than that when you have Hall of Fame quarterbacks. And again, I think it's also a generational thing with a Packer fan. If you're a Packer fan and you're age 35 or younger, you don't know what it's like struggling at quarterback. If you're a Packer fan who's my age, you remember Randy Wright in the 1980s. You remember having hopes for Don Mikowski, the magic man, back in the late 80s, early 90s that quickly fizzled. Uh, by the way, Don Mikowski uh, was the quarterback in a game that was the Broncos' last tie in 1987 at Milwaukee County Stadium. Don Mikowski, then a rookie from Virginia, was the Packers' starter that year, the magic man, M-A-J-I-K. Um, so older Packer fans know what it's like to have Randy Wright, Don Mikowski. You were hoping for him. Lynn Dickey, a big armed guy who had injury problems. Uh, David Whitehurst. You're saying who exactly David Whitehurst making a huge trade for John Hadel that turned into a complete flop. Green Bay went through some serious wilderness when they, for about 20 years after Bart Starr and before Brett Favre. And uh, there's a, pretty strong old school undercurrent of of Packer nation that is frightened as hell that this is what is about to happen if they give in to Aaron Rodgers's demands and ship him out yeah (laughs) yeah it's it's interesting all right mates next one coming in from Broncos squared I've only ever watched the draft twice in my life and it's only been during your two live streams fantastic work gentlemen it's great watching something that come that confirms my sports bias anyway the roller coaster of quarterback news this offseason from Watson to first round quarterback to Aaron Rodgers has me giving that has me the harshest blue and orange balls of my life here's to Aaron Rodgers to Denver cheers guys wow Oh boy. Oh boy. That's a great way of putting it though. If you don't get Aaron Rodgers, is it, do you have the ultimate blue balls as a, as a fan? Yeah. I mean, especially just what we've, I mean, months and months of this Mace, it's, it's been quite the buildup. Yeah. It'd be, it would be, people would be sick to their stomach. I think. Hey, if they were happy with drew lock, there wouldn't be any of these conversations. It's true. Yep. yep. But, if, if Drew was Justin Herbert, then there wouldn't be right. any of them. But he but he wasn't. I mean, uh, even even Teddy Bridgewater, the fact that it that it was it's him that is the veteran that they have brought into this point. Someone who played two years for Pat Shermer and who George Payton was a part of drafting. I mean, that's OK. That's saying, well, if Drew's struggling, let's get our guy. 
for for Shermer and Peyton, Teddy Bridgewater isn't our guy. Right. Yep, exactly. He is their guy in the comfort level, which is nice to fall back on for coaches. But also, if they can get Aaron Rodgers for a deal that they find acceptable, they're willing to torpedo even oh, that yes. for. <laughs> oh, yes. Easy. For AA Ron, no doubt. <laughs> yeah. Bronco Terp, my boys, to echo other commenters here, amazing draft coverage. It was great to have you all as a Denver centric sounding board to drown out the national coverage. Can't wait for next year. I'm real impressed with Peyton overall this offseason and fully back the certain pick. Fields was the only non quarterback named Lawrence. I was okay with them taking at nine but if fields wasn't their guy i'm impressed they didn't just draft a quarterback to draft a quarterback the cojones on peyton to hold his ground with his first pick speaks volumes to me i'm looking forward to lock and teddy battle it out if rogers comes here great but i'm 100 okay to roll with that room as the way it is currently constructed i also think the subsequent picks of Williams and Minerts were outstanding value. Anytime you can get a Mac or a Mac truck to run the ball and a guy who benches trees in the off season, you do it anyway. Sorry for the long post fellas. It's been a while, always listening. And thanks so much for chiming in Bronco Turpin. Thank you so much to all of you for the very nice comments on our draft coverage. That's what we try to do is, is give you everything you need from a Denver standpoint. Now, one thing, though, about Javante Williams, and in a, value, in a vacuum, I like the pick, but the notion that by trading up, that effectively, in terms of draft value, draft capital, that's like picking a running back at pick 25. Is that something that should have given the Broncos pause? I was surprised that George Payton did that move. And I I like it because you get a really good player, but I was surprised that the Broncos made that move, being what, what type of person George George Payton is. Yeah, see, I, I was surprised in terms of the accumulation of capital part of it, but given the fact that we've seen the Vikings make deals and made a deal like that for a running back back in 2017, when they moved up seven slots in round two for Dalvin Cook, I actually I was surprised at the kind of the the notion of trading up, but doing so for a running back in round two actually didn't surprise me. And again, that's uh, there's even though they're taking analytics into account, there's some old school sensibility, uh, for better or for worse, with George Payton and trading up to get a running back is probably is a little bit of an old school notion. Yeah, it very, very much is. He says, I want Dalvin Cook 2.0. So that's what they're trying to get here. He might be getting better. And that's that's another thing. A, you're getting a really good running back who breaks tackles and is a high-character player. B, I would offer this. If Aaron Rodgers is the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow in a few weeks, what's a better win-now pick than a bell cow running back? And that that is – that's where taking a running back does make sense. If you've got all the other pieces in place and you want somebody who just jumps in and provides an instant nitro boost, yep. running backs don't take very long to get up to speed at this level. That's where you can argue for it. Yeah, you know, you're 100% right, Mace. Next one from Denver 24758. My boys, where's the emergency pod tracking Driscoll's journey to the surface of the sun? Flacco is waiting for company. Oh, yikes. <laughs> Love the you know, comedy. Maybe, maybe the Eagles can sign Jeff Driscoll as their number three quarterback. And then oh. when Philadelphia 
comes back to Denver to take on the Broncos and empower field this season. Uh, you can have both of them back from the surface of the sun. It's wow. no flat going. <laughs> the way, that would pay. be a family reunion. Even though you're an Alabama guy and you watched uh, Jalen Hurts, don't tell me for a second that you don't want to see the Joe Flacco revenge game against the Broncos <laughs> or his attempt to get revenge as they take advantage of the fact that he is at this stage of his career, a potted plant back there behind the offensive line. Yeah, the Vic Fangio in the pass rush would certainly be happy about that. A potted plant, a cactus, call, call it what you will. Walker hypothetical for you guys let's say we get aaron Rodgers, and over the course of the next two years he averages a completion percentage of 62 25.5 touchdowns 4200 yards and three interceptions think where the broncos could get with a quarterback who has those statistics now realize that is the average of Rodgers' 2018 19 seasons which are probably the worst full healthy seasons of his career what I'm saying is if Aaron Rodgers is if that is Aaron Rodgers' floor, then send the Packers whatever they want and forget the naysayers who think it isn't worth it. That's a very good point. And if we're gonna put a number on it, passer rating, that's about that's a 104.1 passer rating. Really quick and, though, there is no chance that Aaron Rodgers' worst two years were three interceptions. I'm calling total BS on that. Yeah, not even close. Well, at 13 and 11, don't give me that. Yeah. <laughs> I think, I think what he's probably saying is kind of those years were, they were the least spectacular. Right. And I would, and, and, and what is in, and it was interesting is, you know, in, in those years, um, it's interesting. Cause I, I ran through the, the passer rating and maybe I was just a little, Oh, you know what I did? My bad. My attempts were lower. Cause I only had 500 attempts. Uh, so, you know, forget that calculation here. I didn't know. I didn't know how many, uh, I didn't factor in the attempts into it. In those years, he had 597, 569 attempts had 7.4 and 7.0 yards per attempt. And his ratings were 97.6, and 95.4. So you're talking about a 96 rating. And again, that's kind of, you kind of do regard that as his, as his floor. The thing that I think we have to take into account here with Aaron Rodgers is is you're going to give him better depth and array of targets than he's had before. If you bring him here, I think that's, that's the one thing that uh, could push him maybe not to where he was last year when he was uh, at near career highs in efficiency numbers. But I think right off the bat, he'd be better than he was in 2018 and 2019. And again, like he said, I think you can argue that's pretty close to the floor for Aaron Rodgers, And he was, he was kind of he was playing it safe. The other thing is, though, that was his floor, Zach, but he was playing it safe and right. playing it safe. And might actually if it's not all there to where he plays at the level that he played at this past season, then a quarterback who only has six interceptions over two years and still gets 25 plus touchdowns each of those years uh that's somebody that this team probably wins a hell of a lot of football games with that. Yes, that will certainly do next one from T makes great job covering the draft gents and ladies behind the scenes, wondering if there will be film rooms on the draft picks this year. Yes, there will be. In fact, 
We think it's going to be an every day or an every Wednesday thing. So stay tuned for tomorrow for the first one to drop their team makes their team makes next one from Jason 17. Howdy gents. If we get Rogers who becomes the number one wide out, the guy who has proven he is a number one wide receiver or a guy who is often compared to Devonte Adams, Rogers, favorite guy close reported that the Broncos would have tried to trade back into the first round of Jalen Phillips was available in the twenties part or, partner that with the rumors that the Broncos went after Leonard Floyd in free agency. It's not looking like Vaughn is back in 2022. What do you guys think? Yeah. I mean the, the Jalen Phillips news uh, certainly tells me that, that they are looking for Vaughn's replacement. They are, but I also wonder if the dynamic could look different if um, they end up sacrificing draft picks to get uh, Aaron Rodgers and then Vaughn Miller if he has a good season says, yeah, I'll take a little bit of a discount to stay in Denver just because I knew what it was like playing with Peyton Manning. I experienced that. And I want that again. That's believe it or not. I actually think Aaron Rodgers makes it more likely that Von Miller is back in 22 and beyond. I agree. I totally agree. Mace, because not only are you giving up draft capital that you won't be able to replace Von with, but like you said, I think Von will be willing to stay. Yeah. I, I think he, I, I, I mean, shoot. Again, he's experienced life with Peyton Manning. He's experienced life without an elite quarterback. And, I mean, just take for example, and, and you can get creative. Look, for example, at the Shaq Barrett contract down in Tampa Bay. And the way they've structured it, especially kind of hand-in-hand with Jason Pierre-Paul's contract, is really interesting because JPP is a bigger number this year and Shaq Barrett is a bigger number next year. And so maybe you kind of work that hand-in-hand with what you're working on with Bradley Chubb. They've already picked up the fifth-year option, but it's possible that you end up having a, a, some, some concurrent deals for Vaughn and Chubb where maybe the bigger number goes to Vaughn in 2022 in terms of cap value, and you get a deal with Bradley Chubb that pushes some of his bigger numbers uh, down the road a little bit. There are, there are some gymnastics that you can execute here to fit them both in even if you bring in Aaron Rodgers. And I think the the Broncos are going to have to get creative. If they bring in Aaron Rodgers, Rick Hurtado is going to probably have to have some different kind of contracts that maybe he initially uh, was planning on. But there's a way to do all this. And I think Vaughn would be very motivated to stay in Denver if Aaron Rodgers is the quarterback. I agree, Mace. Next one from Butch Cassidy. Great draft coverage, guys. Thank you, Butch Cassidy. Mm -hmm. I feel as though in the offseason, there was a lot of talk about about how because of the money tied up in the offensive line there wasn't a lot of room a lot of room um to move some guys away so what do you think of the long-term plan is for quinn is he merely a depth piece is he going to be a project guard or tackle of the future or is he in a center battle against kush today love that we drafted him you can never have enough big nasties also go drew lock hashtag lock out the noise well I think the plan for Quinn, it seems too straightforward in my mind. It seems like too simple and too easy, but I think what they're going to do is if there is, if they don't think Lloyd Cushenberry is taking that next step and needs to be replaced for this year, Mace, I think they slide Graham Glasgow over to center, put Natani Muti in at right guard and boom, there you go. And so this year, we know that Quinn's going to start off at center in terms of where he's going to start learning the game under Mike Munchak. And then the plan, I think ideally would be 
once, if, if you have to replace Lloyd Cushenberry, then next year is when Quinn plays center Natani Muti at right guard. If Natani looks good and then Graham can be expendable and, and you can save money there, or let's say Natani isn't good enough at guard. And so he's a backup and then uh, Glasgow is your right guard there. So I think that's how it works out is there's a lot of flexibility here with how the Broncos can help these guys out. Or let's say the Dalton Reisner is your right tackle. Then Quinn can step in and play left guard if needed. Right. Now we know the Broncos were looking at tackles in this draft. We know they came close a couple of times taking one, but uh, had guys uh, that were picked just ahead of them. So it's certainly on their radar, but just because it doesn't work out doesn't mean you don't have an alternate plan. And I think Dalton Reisner moving out to right tackle is something that Broncos think about, especially if you're saying, okay, how do we get the five best linemen out there? And it's possible that the five best linemen may mean moving Reisner to right tackle for 22. And us, uh, and you have Mooty and you have, you have minors coming up. And if Floyd Cushenberry, you know, kind of takes the next steps, he played, but he, he played better. He got settled in. And I, I would say this also uh, with Cushenberry, the th- one of the things that hurt both him and drew lock was the fact that you had young quarterback, young center, both together. You'd like to have a vet center with a young quarterback or vice versa. As we saw in 2015, you had Matt Paradis first year guy practice squad the year before snapping to Peyton Manning. And it worked because you had a young guy at center, an older guy at quarterback, and the older guy could kind of fill in the gaps that the center had in terms of getting everything right pre-snap. So if Teddy Bridgewater is in there, that probably helps out, probably helps out uh, Lloyd Cushenberry a great deal. Ditto if, uh, if Aaron Rodgers is the quarterback. And then maybe you are talking about a plan where, You've got Mooty and Miners coming up at guard, and that may mean Graham Glasgow is somebody who uh, they look to to move. But in the long term, not this year certainly. But um, they have flexibility, they have options here, and that's much more than you could say before the last year or so. They've done a good job fortifying the depth in that room, and they have some different paths they can take here. Maybe the last the last thing that you add. If you don't feel confident in Calvin Anderson, and as I do the emoji, <laughs> if you don't feel confident in Calvin Anderson as a backup, DeMar Dawson is still sitting out there ready to go. And yeah, I think that that's one thing that the Broncos, they, they have, they have that Dotson possibility in their back pocket. They were, they were happy with how he played, but because they accepted who he was at this point, not a good run blocker anymore. Doesn't have the bend anymore, but he's very good in pass pro. And he doesn't make a lot of technical mistakes in pass pro as well. Yeah, exactly. Mace. Very good point there. And DeMar Dotson could be their safety net that they, that they need there. Exactly. Next one from LDJ. Hey guys. So what's your opinion on Seth Williams from his film? I see he needs to create better separation and has too many drops and inconsistent, but geez, he's better than his teammate Schwartz who went at 91 to the Browns is Schwartz so much better than Seth Williams, or is that speed of Schwartz valued? Because I don't know. I see an awesome Tim Patrick replacement with Seth Williams. What do you guys think? Yeah, I think that's exactly what he could be. Uh, and also, uh, I, I look at, uh, oh my gosh, Warren Jackson, the guy that the Broncos got from CSU as an undrafted free agent. I think Seth Williams and Warren Jackson could, could both potentially be fighting for that Tim Patrick replacement spot in a year from now. Yeah. And don't forget also Tyree Cleveland has a lot to say about yeah. that as well. And he showed some flashes late last year. There's not going to be room at the end for all of these guys. So, um, 
you know, again, you talk about training Tim Patrick. The thing with Timmy Patrick, though, is that if you do bring in Aaron Rodgers, Tim would flourish with Aaron Rodgers mm-hmm. if he is among the top three receivers. And Aaron would love Tim Patrick because Timmy catches everything. Yeah. And I, the other thing, of course, with Tim Patrick, why does he catch everything? He put the work into it. As he talked about late last year, he would have you know, Mark Fuse throw him you know, 100 balls every day instead of the jugs machine because the jugs machine puts the ball exactly in a certain spot every time. It's consistent. Humans throwing the ball aren't consistent. So you got to have to have that adjustment. And that's why Tim Patrick you know, espouses the benefit of having somebody live throw you the football and get you those triple digit numbers of catches that you're having on an everyday basis to have the kind of hands that allow you to go through a season without dropping a pass. So I would, if, if I were Tyree Cleveland, if I were Seth Williams, I'd be following exactly what Tim Patrick did, even though that might be kind of finding the Tim Patrick replacement, but you know, I wouldn't, it's funny. Like, I mean, you're excited about these receivers, but it's like, all right, where are they going to, you know, where and how are they going to play? Whose spot are they taking? The guy who probably appears very endangered is Deshaun Hamilton. <laughs> now right. yeah. there were the trade rumblings a couple of weeks ago. Sounds like those trade rumblings were actually put out there by Deshaun's <laughs> representation. <laughs> if at least what I hear is true. So that's, you know, that may be just Deshaun kind of understand understanding that, you know, where this is headed, uh, where's, where's the spot because you have Sutton, Sutton, Judy, Patrick, Hamler drafted Cleveland, Deontay Spencer, Seth Williams, you know, others. It's, it's tough right now. I mean, it is very tough. And, and Deshaun Hamilton's in the last year of his deal. Tim Patrick is also in his contract year as well. And so that's something that comes into play, but, um, if you want to give Aaron Rodgers all the weapons, then it's kind of what you have to do. Yeah, it's really there are so many, and that's also why when we talk about you know if you trade Jerry Judy or Cortland Sutton in order to get Aaron Rodgers, well, Tim Patrick's then a guy that becomes in your long term plans right there, and and why you feel okay about doing that. Yeah. Next one from Ooh Benny Lava, fellas, 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 how are we doing? As I'm excited, you guys, or as I expect, you guys crushed draft coverage. It was a pleasure to watch. My question today is about the cornerback room. I had a I had a thought before we drafted PS2 about using OJ and Bassey to spell Darby and Callahan periodically in games in order to keep everyone with injury concerns as healthy as possible. Rotating players is common against some position groups like defensive line and running back, but not others. And I was just wondering if it's been done with corner. Obviously, with PS2, depth becomes less of a concern if one of those guys goes down. That being said, if Callahan goes down, who do you see being his natural replacement in the slot? Fuller? Also, during the draft coverage, Spano gave a passionate, loud speech about giving Drew time, and I got to say, not only did he talk me down the ledge, but he made me excited about the possibilities in the quarterback room this year. Much love. Yeah, Brandon popped in on Friday when I was there, and uh, you know, and and he's he's very passionate about uh, Drew getting the chance, and uh, I am again. It, Brandon comes at it from a different perspective than I do, and I think it's good to hear those perspective hear those perspectives. I come at it from a uh, statistics and probability perspective and uh, what Drew has done compared to other quarterbacks uh, over the years and uh, what the likely outcome is. And, and uh, if you kind of view it from that perspective, 
the odds are not in Drew Locke's favor. If you view it just kind of straight up from a, okay, uh, didn't have all this last year and uh, the high level throws, then yeah, you can say there's a path for Drew Locke going forward. The problem is I see the high level throws, but I also see the low level throws. And I, again, I probably also have the perspective of seeing too much of Drew Locke in college and everything good or bad I've seen from him in the NFL is what was on film at Mizzou. So, you know, it's, it, it's a, it's a, it's good to have that side of it. And it's good to have some, um, it's good to have some cordial disagreements. Although if, if Aaron Rodgers is in play, I feel like I'm going to wonder what was all the discussion for. <laughs> all right, exactly. And actually, Ooh, Benny Lava, I think your cornerback question yes. is something that we, that we will dive into very soon in a first segment, just about what Patrick Sertan's yeah. role can be this year and exactly how all those play out, because I think it's going to be a bigger role and also a bigger conversation than just one question. So I think it's a great question. And he, he, he goes on and leaves a PS. It's nice to see Driscoll got his one way racket into the sun hash Hashtag curse of Zane can't bring me down. Yep. Poor Jeff Driscoll. <laughs> you know, for his sake, I hope the XFL restarts next year because uh, that might be where he has to go get a job. I can't, you know, he was third string here in Denver uh, by October once Brett Rippon came in. So, yeah, I, I, I don't see a place for him in the NFL at this point. And, oh, uh, yikes. Hopefully he saved his money. Yeah, so it goes. Anyway, some people call me the Space Cowboy. Did you guys have a favorite draft moment this past weekend? I loved how fired up Andre got during the first round. <laughs> well, I'll go to uh, to something that probably everyone has seen on social media. Of course, I'm talking about Thomas Fletcher, the long snapper from Alabama, when he got the call from Matt Rule that he was being drafted in the sixth round. He could not believe that he was getting drafted and talking about fired up. He was fired up. And I mean, he just sounded like the ultimate long snapper. I mean, I could not imagine. And, and I have so much respect for him, Mace. If I get a call that I'm being drafted, I'm being like, oh, thank you, sir. So I'm so excited. Thank you so much. And he's like, bro, you've got to be kidding me. Thanks so much, brother. I'm so pumped. And it, it was just so full of excitement and real emotion. I loved it. Yeah. And this, you know what? The back end of the draft was shaky this year because you had fewer guys uh, that were viable prospects that were in the process compared to other years. The back end next year's draft is going to be extremely deep by comparison, just because of all the guys who, who, came back, took advantage of the extra year because of COVID. So this was actually not a bad year to pick a long snapper. Ordinarily, you'd be like, are you really going to draft a long snapper? But <laughs> this year, based on the quality of prospects on the back end, might have been the year to do it. That's, uh, that, that, was, that, that was a great moment uh, in, in the course of the draft process. Um, hmm. Trying to think. You know, there wasn't a moment that kind of drove me crazy this year. That I, It's funny, like, in the uh, draft of, I believe it was, um, I want to say it was 2016, the Roberto Aguayo draft for the, when the Bucks took him. Um, that was my favorite moment because I got so upset with the pick. <laughs> Even though I look <laughs> back and it drives me crazy. Just, but, like, the, the visceral moment that jumps out. I didn't really have one this year uh, that, that kind of. That kind of, that kind of jumped out. Maybe it was because you know, maybe it just I don't know. Maybe uh, doing it, uh, you know, doing it at the facility for a couple of days, but um, having the masks on and all that 
it kind of kind of sapped it a little bit. I'm hoping I'm hoping next year it's back to normal. That's that, that's the thing that uh, that next year it's back to all of us being over there every day, and then we just kind of go from there. It was sort of it was subdued this year over at uh, Broncos HQ. Yeah, compared it, to other years. Yeah, it certainly was. And Mace, I think final one coming in from NDAC Logan. He says, hey, guys, I think Zach deserves a huge shout out. DNVR got a few negative comments about the Broncos draft. He does a phenomenal job of taking these comments and talking people off the ledge. I would like to share my draft story. Well, first off, thank you so much, NDAC. I really appreciate that. He says, in my draft story, I was in a bar with a bunch of Vikings fans on Thursday night. When the Broncos were picking, everyone was like, oh, man, they're taking a quarterback or trying to get in a trade with the Packers. When they made the selection, I was kind of in shock and all seven guys were looking at me smiling. It was dead quiet. Then my friend looks at me and says, classic. And everyone laughed. I wasn't that excited about the pick, but watching it with Vikings fans made me feel better about it because they have dealt with this year after year. Their motto is don't get your hopes up. Oh no. (laughs) Anyways, that's my question. Or anyways, my question for you is, will you guys be doing a live pregame postgame show this year for Broncos games? Thanks. You know, we haven't got our, uh, our official plan together yet, but uh, we're going to be giving you the best coverage. That's what I'll say. And Dak Logan to, uh, to tease that. Yeah. It's going to probably look and feel a bit different because of course, uh, I mean, we of course have the, the DMVR bar, but uh, like, like post games, for example, every indication is we'll be back to having multiple people over at uh, the games. Of course, last year we were only limited to one reporter at each game. seems like it's going to be back to normal. So, like for example, uh, both Zach and I would be at, uh, at at every home game again. So that may change things a little bit. I know, you know, of course, we partnered with Sons of Mile High for that great tailgate back in 2019, and uh, you know, hopefully that's back in play for 2021, and uh, and and that may impact what we do pregame as well, and uh, the things that that end up happening. So let's just say a lot of moving parts, but. Uh, we assure you that our coverage will be comprehensive. Yes, it absolutely will be in tailgate. It's just getting started yeah. and Dak Logan. Thank you so much for rolling with us. Thank you for that. And thank you to everyone for rolling with us today and got to give a shout out to our friends over at green mountain dental, because we've had several DNVR listeners switch to green mountain dental over the years. And they've came back and told us just what a great family atmosphere it is over there. And the reason is, well, because they're part of our family as well. They're hanging out at the DNVR bar. They're chiming in, in the comment section with us. And we're also going over to Green Mountain Dental. Our listeners are going over to Green Mountain Dental. So it's one big happy family and they treat you like family. When you get a procedure over there, the dentists personally call you a few days later to follow up, make sure you're doing okay. See if there's anything else that they can do for you. And they also send you birthday cards. And also just like a good family member, they give you a gift. If you schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam, you'll receive a free Sonicare toothbrush from our friends at Green Mountain Dental. That's all you have to do. Take care of your teeth for them to hand over a free Sonicare toothbrush. You're only a 15 minute drive from downtown and they've been a long time DNVR partner. So make sure to show them the love because when you do that's showing us the love and everyone gets their teeth clean. So might as well do it over with our friends at green mountain dental. And again, schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam and you'll receive a free Sonicare toothbrush when you do so. So check them out over at green mountain dental. All right, Mace, that'll do it for us today. Thank you all so much for rocking and rolling with us today. We are in for a heck of a month leading up to the summer and I can't wait to be rolling with you guys so for Andrew Mason I'm Zach Stevens thank you all so much for rolling with you we will talk to you tomorrow how long's it been
Don't 